I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiber Fueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant You, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing, we're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. And, you know, somebody was just asking me recently if, um, was it hard to stay on my plant-based diet during the pandemic? And I said, you know, it was, it's like asking me if, if I was out at sea with just a bunch of men, because there wasn't a, a woman there, would I fall for a man? It's right. like, no, <laughs> it's not, I have, I, it, it's too in me. Like I, I, I know myself too well. I know what I, I know what I like. I know what I, I'm yeah. going to be doing. Season three of the Plant Strong Podcast explores those Galileo moments where you seek to understand the real truth around your health and dare to see the world through a different lens. This season, we honor those courageous seekers who are paving the way for you and me. So grab your telescope, point it towards your future, and let's get Plant Strong together. Welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. I hope you're all doing fantastically well. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and at the start of season three, I huddled with my team to brainstorm potential guests that we could have on the, on the podcast. And I wanted to know who would be on your wish list of people to talk plants. Well, today's guest was right at the very top of this list. Her name is Tig Nataro. She's a comedian and actress known for her very subtle yet hilarious deadpan delivery in her TV shows, films, podcasts, stand-up, and on this podcast. In fact, her new film called Army of the Dead that we discussed in the interview was just released on Netflix last week, and it is a must-see of a blockbuster film. But 
what you may not know about Tig is her traumatic health story and her subsequent journey to plants. It was in 2012, as you're going to hear her recount today. And in the span of just a few weeks, Tig developed and actually almost succumbed to C. diff, which is a potentially deadly infection that, um, that I'll explain in a little more detail. And then just days later, her mom died unexpectedly after hitting her head after a fall. Her relationship ended with her partner. And if that isn't enough, shortly thereafter that, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and went through treatment and surgery. I mean, soak all that in for just a second. I'm not sure how you even begin to process all that in such a truncated amount of time. But part of Tig's journey to recovery was actually getting back on that stage almost immediately to talk about it with vulnerability in her usual candor. But she also started researching how to best take care of herself and improve not just her health, but also the health of her family. And guess where her research led her? You guessed it, plants. Being plant strong. And in 2016, Tig and her now wife, Stephanie, and their two sons went all in on plant-based nutrition. And she has been a fierce advocate ever since. She had her Galileo moment And the changes have been profound. Even during the pandemic last year, since she couldn't be on the road, she was so moved and inspired by all things plants that she took a nutritional course to become certified in plant-based nutrition. I think that's pretty darn cool. So yes, Tig is famous for her stand-up, her podcasts, her TV shows and movies, But we were fortunate enough to talk to Tig because you know what? She loves plants. Tig digs plants. So we hope you too will support her work and her plant strong journey. Welcome, Tig Nataro. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. I have a super special guest today, Tig Nataro who um, I'm sure many of you have heard of. This is very refreshing for me, Tig, because normally on the podcast, this is my third third year with the podcast, okay. but no- normally we have, we have doctors that have mm-hmm. reversed heart disease, right? Or, yep. or we have scientists and PhDs that talking about the, um, the microbiome sure. and uh, reversing type two diabetes, or we have, biochemists to talk about how you can turn off and turn on certain cancers, depending upon the protein that you're eating. Mm-hmm. Um, or we have physicians talking about preventing Alzheimer's or, or like world-class athletes talking about what plant-based can do for performance and recovery. And so it's really nice to have a, a comedian, right? <laughs> on, on the podcast, <laughs> Be, because believe it or not, Tig, the only other comedian that I've had on the podcast was this kind of little, little known hack. He, um, he was on the Comedy Central channel for about 20, 25 years. Um, he had the Daily Show, John Stewart. I don't, sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. You haven't sure. heard of him. 
vaguely familiar. Is yeah. he plant-based? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Tracy, his wife came to one of our, so since 2000 and about 10, I've been throwing these seven day medical immersion programs mm-hmm. where people come and they really learn about the, the, the lifestyle and the nuts and bolts of it. And Tracy Stewart, John's wife came to one in I think 2018. And afterwards she went back to John and told him everything that she knew and he jumped in. But before that, I think he was vegetarian. Oh, okay. When did he become plant-based? Uh, 2019. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. fairly recent. Yeah. Fairly recently. And he yeah. actually, he, um, he came to the, we had one of the premieres of, uh, do you, have you seen the documentary, the game changers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, so he came to the premiere of that in, in New York city and that's when I first met him. And, um, and I think uh, I was at some sort of premiere in LA for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. There was one in LA as well. Yeah. I was at that. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Love it. So I, I, I want to talk about a multitude of things with you, you know, okay. not, now that I got you, right? This yeah. is so Look, ex- I, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> well, good, 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 good. So um, the other night I watched the documentary Tig, mm-hmm. um, which I had not, not seen, saw it for the first time. And for people that haven't seen Tig, that mm-hmm. don't know your story, you had a heck of a moment. In, in 2012 yeah. that, um, that really might help people that don't know your story. If you could paint that picture, I think that might be a great place to start. Sure. Um, I, uh, in a four month period of time, I, uh, I had the intestinal disease. Um, well, first I had pneumonia and then um, I had the intestinal disease uh, called C. diff. And then- um, can, you, can, you, can you tell people that don't know what is C. diff? C. diff, I mean, my understanding is that, I mean, C. diff is a bacteria that is in most people's guts and it is completely fine when it's uh, interacting with other bacteria in your gut but uh when your um the other bacteria is cleared out of your system and c diff is left alone to thrive uh it'll just eat your insides and um and that can you can contract c diff from um taking antibiotics um and antibiotics can uh, clear out all of the other bacteria or, um, uh, yeah. I mean, is that your understanding? TIG is actually spot on with their understanding of C. diff. In fact, after this interview, because I wanted to be a hundred percent sure I was giving you, you accurate information. I reached out to gut health specialist and author, Dr. Alan Desmond, who's going to be on the podcast in just a few weeks to get his thoughts on C. diff. And he described just how serious and potentially fatal this can be. In fact, he said, quote unquote, C. diff is a type of bacteria that can live in your gut microbiome. 
and about one in 20 people carry C. diff in their large bowel, and it generally doesn't cause any problems. However, if the gut microbiome's normal balance is severely disrupted, for example, by certain antibiotics, a critical illness, or if a person's immune system is compromised, harmful forms of C. diff can flourish and produce toxins that can cause the large bowel to become inflamed. And sadly, in very severe cases, this illness can be fatal. So Tig knows just how fortunate she was. Do you know how you got it? Do you have any idea? I think it was from antibiotics, uh -huh. uh, yeah. from having, from having uh, pneumonia. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah, so <clears throat> uh, when I was sick, and it's, and it's, it can potentially be deadly. It's, it's a very scary, scary disease to have. It's hard to get a hold of it when it gets really intense and serious, which it did in my case. And, um, and then right when I got out of the hospital, uh, I think it was 10 days later, my mother tripped uh, a couple of days later. She tripped and fell, hit her head and died. Um, and then my girlfriend and I split up shortly after my mother's funeral. And then I was diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. And that was all in four months. Yeah. And was that invasive breast cancer? Was that in both breasts, one breast? Both, both. I ended up having a double mastectomy. Uh, and at the time, um, it had been suggested a time or two by people to not have a double mastectomy and to maybe try and do veganism or raw food. I was not um, vegan at the time. Um, and I don't know how I would respond now, uh, but it is the, the option that I went with was um, yeah. the double mastectomy. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, it's um, my father who spent almost 40 years at the Cleveland clinic. He was a general surgeon and his specialty was the thyroid, the parathyroid and, and the breast breast cancer. And, uh -huh. um, so I've, I've, I've heard a lot about that. And, and in fact, um, God, just about a couple months ago, I had a woman named Christy Funk. Uh -huh. I don't know if you've heard of Christy at all. No, she, she wrote a book called, uh, breasts, the owner's manual. And, okay. um, and, and she, she is a, um, a, a breast surgeon. She's out in LA and she actually, worked with Cheryl Crow with her breast cancer and Angelina okay. jo Jolie with her breast cancer. Uh -huh. um, and she is, she really discovered plant-based nutrition in about 2017. Okay. And is now just fiercely, fiercely supportive of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's hard not to be once you get a certain amount of information. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, so talking about, you know, getting that information. So you grew up in Mississippi and Texas, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, we we spent a couple of years in New Jersey, but mainly uh, Texas and Mississippi. That's um, that's where I connect to and where I spent most of my time and family and friends are. Yeah. And did you have a 
did you guys just eat anything under the sun? Did you have, I mean, <laughs> I mean, how, how, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, it's uh, in Mississippi, my, my town is an hour outside of New Orleans. And so there was a lot of, um, mm. you know, anywhere from Cajun food to Texas barbecue to um, Cheetos, you know, yeah, all, yeah. All, all of that Snickers bars. Exactly. Yeah. So, so this season of the, the Plant Strong podcast mm-hmm. is when I'm really asking the people that I'm talking with when, when and how they had their Galileo moment, when you kind of look through the telescope and mm-hmm. you kind of saw the, the, the truth when it came to nutrition and it, it was, and it hit you so hard that in, it informed kind of the path that you chose. When did, when did that happen? Well, after uh, all of the um, events that we just talked about, uh, they happened in 2012. And because I'm a public figure, there was a lot of news around me being ill. And, and it was an exciting uh, moment that I could resurface and tell everybody that I'm doing well and um, I'm alive and I made it through all of that. And then the reality is that um, I was still struggling with a lot of um, issues with my stomach and I had a lot of just physical pain and, um, and it just didn't seem to go away and it, it wasn't really a fun triumphant part of my story so i just kind of kept it to myself for the most part and and unloaded that information pretty consistently on to my wife and you know i every day i feel like i would turn to her and be like oh my gosh i'm in so much pain oh my gosh i my stomach hurts and oh my gosh you know just my back i just i just was struggling and um not a good way to be no no it was i really didn't know what to do and we had just had twins and they were in the 99th percentile they're just gigantic children (laughs) and so i'm like what in the hell am i gonna do i'm in pain i have these large children that are obviously gonna need to be picked up and um and i want to pick them up yeah. You know, but I was just like, I, I really don't know what to do. And um, I went on tour to do stand up. And this this one particular time, it was about to be my my kid's first birthday. And I just thought, I have got to do something for the sake of my children. Yeah. And not just for me to feel better, but for me to be a, a, a present and capable parent. I just don't want to be complaining or in pain. I don't don't want that in their life. Um, And so I I was on the road for two weeks. And when I left Los Angeles, I thought, you know, I'm going to be removed from my day to day, I'm going to take this time to really research and read, um, watch documentaries, and just talk to people and inform myself to the best of my ability, because I, I keep hearing that plant-based food can heal so many uh, 
medical issues and aches and pains. And so why would I not at least educate myself and maybe try it? So that's what I did. After every show, I'd go back to my hotel room and I'd watch documentaries. I'd read. I'd talk to my friend. My friend who was opening for me um, happened to uh, know so much about health and plant-based food. And so I was pretty sold that it was something that I, I needed to try. And um, so I tried. And I mean, as the days went on, it just became clearer and clearer that that shift in my life was alleviating so much pain and discomfort in so many ways. So you, so you dove in, what year was this? This was um, only 2016. Okay. Um, And, um, and since that change that I made, I've decided to every year on, on my son's birthday to make a change in my life that will improve me in a way to be hopefully a better parent and a better, um, to be more, um, available and capable. And, and it's usually around health. What, uh, so, so plant-based was one and, do you refer to your, how do you refer to yourself when it comes to eating? Do you say that you're vegan, plant-based? I go back and forth. Um, I go back and forth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have not, I would say I eat probably 75% whole food plant-based. Yep. Um, but I'm not to that hundred percent mark. And I would love to be, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm fully, fully vegan. My kids are vegan. My wife is vegan. They're on board. I love it. Oh yeah. My, my sons are four years old. Uh, they'll be five in June, but when we go out to eat or we go to anyone's house and there's any food that comes by they're they're both very hardcore. They're like, is that, is that vegan? (laughs) Um, it's, it's really something. It is. It is. I, I know I've got, believe it or not, I'm older than you and I've got uh, some young kids as well. I've got a seven-year-old, I've okay. got a 12-year-old and a 14-year-old and they wear it with so much pride. It yeah. is so fantastic to see. Well, I feel like kids are really coming to it now. Yep. Um, and I think that even just a year or two ago, it wasn't as um, as accepted with uh, younger kids. Whereas mm-hmm. now people are telling me all the time, that their kids are coming home and, and, uh, wanting to save the planet and, uh, wanting to eat plant-based. And, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, my kids have been, they've been on this. (laughs) They've been on that. They became vegan when they were one, when our whole family became vegan. But, um, but yeah, they, uh, they're, they're hardcore. Tig, the plant strong era is afoot. Mm -hmm. It really is. It is, it is here and it is now. So I'm, I'd love to hear. So you said that every year uh, around their birthday, yeah. you, you kind of do something to improve yourself mm-hmm. health wise. Can you tell me about some of the other things you've done? Well, and to be fair, it's only a few years, okay. right? They're only, they're only four. Uh, and I started when they were one. Um, I understand, but 
plant-based is a big thing. And I'm wondering if you got other big things. Well, they're not that huge. It's just that, you know, I, I guess everybody uses New Year's Eve as their time to make a yeah. shift. And I try to not do too many things at once to change my behaviors. I try to just really focus on the one thing that I'm trying to incorporate. And, um, and that's, that's really all I've done. And when they've, when they turned um, two, I made a point to start um, uh, walking every day. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's such a basic, basic thing to incorporate, but it's so crucial. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but let me ask you this. Yeah. So b before that, were you, were you not moving regularly? Did you have an exercise program at all or not really? No, I didn't have it. I used to exercise. I used to do long distance cycling. Um, when I was a kid, I played soccer, but mm -hmm. I also started smoking, uh, when I was a teenager. And then when I was a young adult, I started getting really into cycling. Um, and I abandoned soccer, um, I think when I picked up cigarettes, but um, I quit when I was 25 and I'm 50 now. And I remember I, um, I told myself that I don't want to be 50 wishing I had quit smoking when I was 25. Uh -huh. And so I quit when I was 25 and um, it feels can you, pretty. Can yeah. you remember? So when you were 25 and you quit, was that hard to quit or was it? It was, it was brutal. It was so brutal. And, and, you know, it's interesting because I have told people my whole life that when, when I'm asked if I have regrets anywhere in my life and I always think, well, you know, obviously things haven't gone in certain ways that I wanted all the time, but I don't feel like I have regrets. Everything that's happened has led me to where I am and all that kind of stuff. But over the pandemic, I did realize, you know what, I do, I regret smoking. That is the one thing in my life that I wish I never inhaled a single cigarette. Um, but yeah, it was brutal. And what I did to stop <laughs> was um, I went and bought, um, this might sound like it makes no sense at first, but I went and bought those uh, cigars swisher sweets mm -hmm, mm -hmm. cigars and um i just stayed home for like a month and didn't socialize much and i inhaled swisher sweets <laughs> and until i made myself sick uh -huh. and i never wanted to inhale any type of smoke into my body ever again and i'm the epitome of the reformed smoker you, you sound, so would you call yourself an intense competitive person? I don't know if I'm intense. I, I know I'm intense in ways, but I'm not, I mean, I did one of those long distance bicycle rides where you raise money for a cause. Yeah. And that was, I think the moment when I realized I wasn't really competitive because there's hundreds of people and I was riding my bike with, without holding on to the handlebars and I was just kicking back and just riding my bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, that's not, that's not what I mean by competitive though. Okay. I, what do you mean? I'm not talking about sports. I'm, okay. I'm talking about in the game of life. Oh, right? then sure. Yeah. 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 There's an intensity and a competitiveness that, you know, just, 
you know, in researching for this, for this interview, right. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen some things that I'm like, wow, I, I like what I see. And this person has got a serious fire in her. She, she doesn't what would get, fall under competitive. What's that? It, it does. Yeah. Well, I'm saying what, what, what did you come across that you feel is competitive? Oh, well, so I, I've, I've been an athlete my whole life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I saw you in TIG, mm-hmm. right, uh, after, well, for one, getting up on stage after you've been diagnosed with cancer, but I don't, it was shortly thereafter. Yeah. That to me is a certain amount of uh, intensity and competitiveness uh, and drive. You know, most people I think would, you know, they'd be lying in bed. Like yeah. crying, crying, and there's and, a lot of that too. But <laughs> yeah, trust yeah, me. But but you got yourself up, and then yeah. you know, six months later, I could when you were pacing backstage, you know, getting uh-huh. ready to go out there. I knew that feeling because I felt it so many times when I'm getting ready to, you know, compete or do something big or yeah. put on a big event. And there's something inside of you that's like, I've got to do this because. It something's speaking to me inside. And if I don't do it, that I will regret. Yes. Right? yes. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I feel like when I was younger, I took so many um, risks that were potentially life-threatening risks. Mm. Whereas I feel like that part of me, that risk-taker part of me, mm-hmm. shifted in a positive direction where I take life-changing risks rather than life-threatening risks. Right. And you, go yeah, ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Oh, I just, I, I just haven't ever re- regretted one. Right. Uh, whereas there's, there's so much <laughs> just horror when I look back on the, the risks that I took as a kid. Can you give me an example? Can you give me an example of one? From my childhood? Yeah, something that was life-threatening that you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm, I'm alive today. Oh my God, where to begin? I, I, there is one that, you know, on my podcast, I, I told the story and then I realized after I told the story, I didn't want any kid hearing that story and getting any idea. And so what I did was I told the story on my podcast and then I bleeped out the minute that I told the story and then people to this day yeah. are like, what the hell were you saying there? And I'm like, I will never tell you. Um, so I, that I don't, that's only because I do, I truly, I would tell you, but you would have to promise me you wouldn't air it because I really wouldn't want any kid to do anything like what I did. Yeah. If you want to tell me, we'll, we'll bleep it out. Yes. My friend and I, it's so stupid. But we thought it was hilarious, yeah. hilarious, and that's why I would never want that out there for yeah. anyone to hear. No, so I, uh, yeah, no, not 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 cool. You you don't want Mav and Flynn hearing about that. Max, Max, and, thank you, Max and Finn, <laughs> Max or Mav and Finn. Flynn. Maybe I'll rename them. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, okay. So so yeah, I just I feel like I I shifted my. Um, life-threatening bold moves to life-changing bold moves and just being a a stand-up 
um, comedian in and of itself is a bold move. Well, people always say that, but if it's in your, in your blood, it's in your heart and soul, it's not bold. I don't think it's just, um, a part of what is uh, natural to you. Well, okay. Well, let me ask you this. So if that's not bold, Mm-hmm. What about you going up on stage topless after your double mastectomy? That's pretty bold, isn't it? Yeah, that was that was <laughs> bold. Uh, it was it was bold, but also it really made me laugh to think of um, going on stage to expose the scars of my double mastectomy and not talk about the scars or my double mastectomy. I wanted to go on stage and just do regular run of the mill comedy while I exposed my scars. And I thought that it would be potentially empowering for myself and anybody else watching it. But I also thought that it was a way to do it and be funny about it by, by acting like I didn't even know what they were reacting to. You know, and and how how did it turn out? It went it went really well. I have to say, when I was doing it, I was doing it for myself and other cancer survivors, and it didn't even dawn on me until men that had never had cancer and people that didn't have any story similar to mine were coming up and saying take away the fact that you're female or had a double mastectomy or cancer, any of that, the scars, all of it. It's, it really was just, um, this is what I heard from other people that it was inspiring, um, to see somebody embrace their body and to have that, um, body positivity. And that I was so touched to hear that uh from different people and like i said men women everyone are there like three or four shows that that, i mean how many times have you gotten up on stage and done stand stand up would you say a thousand oh my god i mean way more than that seriously wow Wow. oh my god i've been doing this uh since i was maybe 26 okay (laughs) and i'm 50 and I probably get on stage unless there's a pandemic. I right. probably get on stage mm, I'd say a hundred and fifty times a year. A year. Wow. Um and so okay. I I I, I wanna remember I'll remember what I want to ask you, but first, so what did you do during the pandemic? Were you were you freaking out that you weren't able to get up on stage? Cause it sounds like that's part of who you are. It is part of who I am, but it was actually oddly a nice reprieve. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I didn't expect that. And oh. uh, I think it's just also being so used to going all the time and traveling, getting on a flight and driving to a city and driving to a college and flying to the next town and getting up early and going to bed late and all this stuff that I kind of didn't have a chance to connect with. I probably needed a break. And so being home with Stephanie and and, uh, 
what Mav and Flynn, is that what their names are? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice, I think, to, to step away and then return. It feels like when you go to sleep at night and, uh, and then you wake up refreshed and you're ready to start again. Yeah. Uh, is is how it feels to well, what a what a great gift i would imagine uh for your kids and stephanie to be to be home for a while and i mean on some days yes yeah, some days not <laughs> sure we we all can identify <laughs> with that yeah yeah we'll be right back with tig in a sec but first i have three updates to share with you first when we announced the return of our in-person retreat this year we were bowled over by the response that we got from all of you. Suffice it to say that our team is more than ready to get back together, but you know, we weren't sure if you guys were ready. Well, you absolutely were so much so that we filled up our Sedona experience super quickly and we have a long wait list of folks that are interested in attending another Plant Strong retreat. So. We called our friends in Black Mountain, uh, North Carolina, just outside Asheville. And we found a week in late September from the 25th to the 30th to be precise, when we could bring the band back together and invite more people from around the globe to come together for an incredible week of learning, fellowship, and a whole lot of laughs. Our schedule, as you can imagine, is jam-packed with daily workouts, cooking demos, small group discussions, talks by my father, Dr. Cobble B. Esselstyn Jr., my mother, Ann Kryle Esselstyn, the one and only Dr. Michael Clapper, my sister, Jane Esselstyn, cardiologist and lifestyle medicine physician, Dr. Brian Aspel, and many more. So for all the details, click on the link in the show notes or visit plantstrong.com and then select the Black Mountain Retreat. Uh, I really, really hope to see you on the mountainside. Second, our first of the new Plant Strong products are on a truck heading to our fulfillment center in Plano, Texas, right this second. I cannot wait to unveil this first phase of delicious new foods for you guys. If you'd like to have early access, visit plantstrongfoods.com and enter your email to be on the list. Finally, I know that food is front and center for most of my listeners. It is for me as well. And whether I'm dishing on the latest food trends that show how the tides are turning or how we're discovering new products that are packed with nutritional integrity, we all love and connect over food. To that end, we are launching a new mini podcast called Plant Strong Snackables. It will run twice a month and will give you bite-sized nuggets, tasty meal ideas, and foods to get super jazzed over. Watch your inbox. I'll let you know when it's ready. Now, let's dive back in and talk with Tig. So you've done, let's just say 150 plus shows a year on average since you were 26 years old. So 3,336 shows. Um, I'm making that up. So <laughs> it's like, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Is are there three or four that stand out to you as like, oh my gosh, that was like one of my all time best performances. 
like a no hitter in baseball? Uh, I mean, you know, oddly enough, uh, one of my best sets ever I had, it's funny that we're talking about uh, health and, and everything, but I had one of my best sets in my career in 2015 and I collapsed after the performance uh, and was rushed to the hospital. I had um, the medication that I was on after my diagnosis was causing a lot of cysts. And, um, and so I had a cyst burst uh, the second I walked off stage and I was bleeding internally, just profusely. <laughs> the doctor said it was like three pitchers full of blood. Just, it, I mean, I was having trouble breathing and it was so crazy um, to have this feeling on stage of like, it's so hard to have those kind of shows because not where you're obviously bleeding at the end. That's hard too, I'm sure. But it's hard to have everything line up when you're on. I, I found for it to be just, yes, that was that was the show. And that happened at Philly in Philly uh, in 2015. And I, I stepped off stage and went down. Um, so that one, uh, I would have to say that um, taking my shirt off for my HBO special. Uh, what that about felt- that? Yeah. What about that first, uh, the one, the one that it was in TIG, you know, where you basically came out and said, I've got cancer. You, uh, I mean, that one's the most well-known. I mean, it, it's certainly um, yeah. close to my heart and soul because uh, of what I was going through at the time and the way that people responded and, um, mm-hmm. and took care of me uh, near and far strangers and loved ones and, um, but I wouldn't say when I went on stage, I thought, oh, this is the set of a lifetime. It yeah. was more of, uh, on a, on a wire kind of trying to keep my balance as yeah. I try to make light of my diagnosis that I got days ago and the loss of my mother and my breakup and my mm-hmm. inability to eat. I mean, I was walking around with my finger in my belt loop you know, just to keep my pants up. I was so, I was so, I was really, really struggling. I, I couldn't, I couldn't eat. Wow. Um, do you, do you, um, do you get nervous still when you go up on stage? Is that something you experience any longer? I mean, I, I don't really, I didn't. I mean, it'll be interesting because I haven't done stand up now in a year and two or three months. And right. so, Maybe I'll get nervous, but I, I, I did in in early days, and then it I, it started just to become like, uh, and not in a bad way, but it it started to become like you going into the office, yeah. And and I really don't mean that in a in a boring way, but you don't. It's like having nerves on your first day of of work or getting to know your job, and then you still love your job and it's still exciting, but you're not nervous walking in the door. It, it's uh, yeah. I would I would say before the pandemic, I don't think 
I would have been nervous walking into a sold out football stadium of people. Yeah. It, yeah. it would just be like, oh, this will be interesting. It's not my, first of all, I've never done a sold out football stadium and I have no interest in doing a sold out no. football stadium. I like, you know, a tiny club up to like 3000 seats, but mm -hmm. um, it's just more people that doesn't make me, doesn't make me nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, do you find that you have a certain outfit that you like to wear when you're, uh, I, cause just in what I've seen, you mm -hmm. seem like kind of, you know, sneakers, jeans, and then a really relaxed, you know, shirt. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, when I'm on stage, it's probably what you said, comfortable yeah. shoes, jeans, comfortable pants. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I want to be, I want to be comfortable. Right, right. Yeah, I just like the way you dress. I'm like, oh, I like the way she dresses. I, oh, I thanks. dress like that. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I do find there's a lot of men where I'm like, oh, we could probably right. share uh, closets if we were the same size. <laughs> so can we can we get back to plant based for a sec? I would love to. Okay, let's do it. So 2016, you kind of um, got the memo, mm -hmm. got, got got into it. Did you find it? difficult or, or, or hard, I mean, difficult or easy to embrace this, or did you have enough information and enough excitement that you just were like, yeah, as soon as I had the information that I had gotten, I was, uh, I was so thoroughly yeah. grossed out. Uh -huh. And, and, you know, somebody was just asking me recently if, um, was it hard to stay on my plant-based diet during the pandemic and i said you know it was it's like asking me if if i was out at sea with just a bunch of men because there wasn't a, a woman there would i fall for a man it's right. like no it's <laughs> not i have i it, it's too in me like i i i know myself too well i know what i i know what i like i know what i I'm yeah. going to be doing. And, uh, and so right. the, it, the pandemic, it's also like the pandemic didn't make it hard to find, you know, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, you know, that it didn't make it harder for me to find that stuff. Yeah. Do you have a, um, a particular love affair with any plant-based foods that you like more than others? Mm, oh my gosh. It's so unfair. Well, I, it's so unfair. We, we, that's okay. We, I'd love to hear it. I mean, I, I love anywhere from just like, just a mix. I just had this uh, bowl that had uh, quinoa and um, brown rice and avocado and sweet potatoes and um, arugula. It's, I mean, just so delicious. Yeah. Uh, That's what's unfair. It's just so. It, it, they're so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And before I was plant-based, I, I liked food. I just didn't have that part mm -hmm. of my personality where I was like, oh, what am I going to eat next? Or, oh, we got to go find the, the great restaurant in town or, um, you know, none of that. I, I was like, yeah, let's find some place to eat. When I became plant-based, now when I go on tour, my favorite thing is to land 
and look up on Happy Cow yeah. where the best restaurant is for plant-based food and go spend my time and hit as many of those restaurants in each town. Yeah. Do you, uh, so you're in Toronto right now. I think you said uh, mm -hmm. filming for the next Star Trek. Yeah. For the new season, uh, yeah. I have a, a, a role on the Star Trek discovery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Series. Is that, is that, I'm sorry. I'm kind of a little bit ignorant with that. Is that with Chris Pine? Um, no, 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 no. That, that's the movie. Uh, okay. This is oh. one of the TV series. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm with you. Um, yeah. So have you used Happy Cow since you've been there and have you had some good results? Well, I'm, I come to Toronto regularly for Star Trek. Uh, there's a restaurant in town uh, mm -hmm. called Planta. I don't mm -hmm. know if you're familiar with Planta. I'm not. But you yeah. have got to eat at Planta. Uh, and then Planta also um, has, I believe it's a, a Japanese or sushi plant-based uh, sister restaurant mm -hmm. that they opened a couple of years ago that is, I mean. Lights out. Oh my gosh. Just as delicious as Planta. Now are you, uh, do you eat there? two meals a day or do you have your well i'm quarantined right now and so the hotel where i'm staying um has given me a, a personalized menu since i'm going to be in the hotel for so long so um nice yeah it's really really incredible like what uh what did you have for breakfast today uh oatmeal with um uh with uh, a fresh fruit plate yep. and raisins that yep. I mix into the uh, to the oats. Yeah, that's the best breakfast it's, ever. So it's simple. So good. So healthy. It's so so good. satisfying. In fact, I go to bed so excited to wake up and eat that in the morning. And yep. once I've finished eating it, I'm so sad that I've finished eating it. <laughs> I know. That's why I have to have another bowl later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Any plant-based foods that you really don't like? Um, if you were if you were on that boat with those men and mm -hmm. this particular eggplant or squash, you wouldn't even eat it. <laughs> well, I love eggplant. Oh, okay, um, and I, I like squash. I would say, and I know this is so it's it's going to really upset a lot of people. Yeah, I don't hate this, but I feel so deathly neutral about watermelon. Uh-huh. Let me tell you what you can do to turn up the volume on that. Okay. You take a lime or lemon mm -hmm. wedge, you, mm -hmm. you squeeze it on top of it, okay. and all of a sudden it lights that thing on fire. Okay. I used to have it with salt as a kid. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I think the what is it the yellow watermelon i like more than red watermelon uh -huh. but red watermelon i mean snooze fest if you ask me <laughs> you got to get the right one it's got to be really hard and they make seedless ones now that are just incredible listen I i've heard this a million times i've okay. had all of those yeah. snooze fest okay. but i'm going to do what you say and i'm going to squeeze some lemon on yeah. there yeah i'll let you know uh, how it goes Good. What about, um, uh, do you snack during the day on, on anything in particular? Well, you know, I see, uh, the how not to die book behind you and yeah, I would say, um, yeah. 
that diet is pretty much, uh, that's, that's the closest to a diet I follow is the how not to die diet. Um, and, um, and I would say my, my snacks would be just very run of the mill. I have an apple every day. I have, uh, blueberries every day i have a handful of mixed nuts every day i have um a a container in the pantry that has a mixture of um sunflower seeds watermelon seeds i do love watermelon seeds okay um (laughs) no snooze fest there (laughs) no i love watermelon seeds um so yeah i have a nice uh mixture of uh a handful of seeds that I eat. Um, and then, like I had mentioned earlier, that I'm not 100% whole food plant-based. Um, so I would say when I'm not eating something as healthy as apples or bananas or blueberries or anything like that, um, my sons eat the, um, what is it, the you know annie's mac and cheese sure absolutely yeah. and i'll i'll uh I'll have some shovel, leftovers <laughs> yeah i'll shovel some of that in yeah. and um yeah it's when that when that's around it's sometimes hard not to um you know yeah eat yeah. some of the leftovers <laughs> right yeah so um that's basically what i've become is the parent that shovels in some uh right. some of the the junk food over the sink yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. Um, I just, so you know, like today I'm, you know what this is, this is a, a sumo. I'm, I'm yeah, it's a sumo orange. You can see it's like a little, uh, like, uh-huh. you know, anyway, these things are amazing. And then yeah. this is, this is, this is a, um, a champagne mango that I am okay. just in love with. And I usually have two or three of these a day that I snack on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah cut it in half and then I just peel the meat off the skin and it, and I eat it. It's so incredible. You know what I, I found, which I wasn't familiar with before the pandemic is the golden kiwis, Yeah, which yeah. I had never had. I'd only had the green kiwis, which yeah. I liked, but they were too sour. In fact, while I'm talking about them, <laughs> yeah. it's making my mouth water. Yeah. Um, but I realized I, I would, I love the golden kiwis are my absolute favorite. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I find the golden ones are just for me, a snooze fest. The other ones are the ones that I really like. <laughs> yeah. Not me, sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so as I was doing a little of my research, I, you know, I put in TIG mm-hmm. and what came up, the only thing that came up yeah. was this new role that you're having in army of the dead. Yes. Right. And yeah. I mean, this is something that's coming out on Netflix May 21st, right around the corner. It actually just uh, came out today in theaters. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. How, yeah. Ex- how excited are you about this? I mean, and can you can you like tell the audience a little bit about like how you came to be in this role? Yeah, I came to be in this role in not the most positive way. Um I was replacing an actor who already filmed the movie and he was being called out for, um, for harassment. Allegedly. Allegedly. uh, 
harassing women, underage women. So they erased him from the movie and they used a green screen to me to replace his part. So um, it's an action heist zombie film. It is the biggest budget. Uh, I've never done anything. The closest I've come is being on Star Trek where I'm, you know, that's like a, yeah, an action drama, but um, I'm barely part of the action in Star Trek. So um, this is a, a whole different world for me, but yeah, it's in theaters May uh, today. Well, May so today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then on Netflix, May 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Zach Schneider is the director who, you know, if anybody knows some of his movies, he's huge. And, um, I watched a little clip. You were on uh, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon just the Uh other day. And, uh, you know, the thing, the buzzword is that that you are sexy AF and and um, (laughs) which which is is awesome. Um, Hilarious. And (laughs) what's funny is all of a sudden I connected the all these dots because people are like, how did Zack Snyder know that? Tig was the perfect person to fill in for Chris to Elia. And oh my God, she was, she's brilliant. She's amazing. And the way she's smoking that, maybe that goes back to when you smoked right back in your day. Well, it's funny because I was, my character was supposed to smoke a cigarette and I couldn't bring myself to have my character smoke a cigarette. So I asked if I could smoke a Swisher Sweet, which uh, I wanted to tie it to my uh, quitting. You did. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. But there's this scene. What are you, are you pouring gas on yourself? No, I'm pouring or? gas into my helicopter while okay. I'm smoking my cigar. And okay. when that picture came out, uh, or that that moment came out in the trailer, that's when people started texting me that I was trending on Twitter for being. Yeah, yeah. I guess it was hashtag hot tig. It's so <laughs> hilarious to turn fifty. And then, uh, and then be, well, you know, found hot or sexy. It's yeah. Just well, I, so funny. well, I love what you said on Jimmy Fallon when it's like, well, that, that, that'll help light a fire underneath Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, well, actually, Stephanie was saying, where has everybody been all these years? So. <laughs> right. She's, she's known all along. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But here's the thing where I connected all the dots and, and why I, I thought that Zack Schneider was so brilliant. And that is in, in the documentary TIG occasionally, I think you went back to your cousins or relatives. I think mm-hmm. it might've been in Mississippi or, yeah, yeah. or, or Houston. Yeah. And, and one of your cousins was like, Oh yeah, you, you look like Tom Cruise and Top Gun. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So he knew way back then that you had this in you. (laughs) Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people have told me for years that they thought I looked like Tom Cruise. Um, And uh, and I've joked that I would get into action films. And I can't believe that I actually have gotten into and like one of the biggest action films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you must be you must be so excited. I mean, who, who would have thought your your career has taken so many twists and turns and it, it really has. Yeah. And it's so it's, and I love how creative it is. I mean, you did stand up, you wrote, you're an author, mm-hmm. right? You've, yeah. you've, you've been in documentaries. You, um, you have 
you've done podcasts for years, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, have a, an advice podcast now. And I also have a podcast with Cheryl Hines from, she's from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, she and I do a weekly show called True Story where we talk about a new documentary every week. And, um, and it talked just, about these. have you talked about the game changers or forks over knives? We haven't yet. We're going to, um, we're going to eventually do that. Uh, Cheryl's a vegetarian. Um, I'm hoping she'll make the plant-based switch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we haven't, we haven't talked about, um, any of those documentaries yet, but all right. in good time. Right. How, how do you like doing the podcast? And you also oh, have what I, I, I love, I love doing my podcasts. Um, th yeah, the other one is called don't ask Tig and I have a new guest on every week and we give people advice to call in. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. No, I list I listened to part of the episode you had with Sonny. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Sonny's great. Yeah. But where you talked about, um, well, a couple things that kind of, I, I was like, wow, that's wild. Where Whippy <laughs> Goldberg gave you her shoes. <laughs> yeah. 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 After I walked off stage at the view, yeah. I was talking to Whoopi and told her that I um, just used to watch her one person shows as a kid and, and, uh, and just what a fan I was uh, growing up. And she said, Oh, well, I'm a fan of yours too, Tig. And she bends down and takes her shoes off and hands them to me. And it was the weirdest, funniest moment. And yeah. so, and they were like these weird Christmas high heel shoes that, um, have Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer on the on the front of them, and so every Christmas they're on our mantle. Could so. you, have you ever tried them on? Do they fit you? <laughs> I haven't tried them on, but I think my wife and my sister-in-law, a bunch of people, ran around the house in Whoopi Goldberg shoes as soon as I brought them home. So it was right. a it was right. a big day at the house. Absolutely. And then the other thing from that one episode was uh, you said that you had Ann Richards' autograph. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, which is wild. I, I, I've met Ann several times back in the nineties and my daughter goes to the Ann Richards school for women. Oh, uh, really? We, yeah. So we, we, we think a lot of Ann Richards. She was such a trailblazer and so. Oh amazing. my gosh. So yeah. incredible. I just, I, I think about how lucky I was to have lived in Texas and Austin. I lived in Austin when she was the governor and it was just such a proud moment to to, to be there then. I yeah. mean, I, I, I had so many great times and years in Texas, but um, having Ann Richards as the governor when you're living there is, yeah. is especially magical. What years were you in, in Austin? Um, let's Remember? see. When was I there? I was 22, 23. So like 94, 93, mm -hmm. something yeah. like that. Good, yeah. time to, good time to be in Austin. Yeah. Were you there then? Oh, yeah. I've been here. <laughs> uh -huh. I to school here in 82. And oh, wow. Okay. Never left. Oh, nice. Uh -huh. So I, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of change. We go there uh, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, yeah. please, if you come this Thanksgiving, um, uh, I'd love to treat you to a meal. I'll take you up on it for sure. That'd be awesome. Um, 
So I, I know we're running up on time here. Let me uh, just ask you a couple more questions. So okay. as a, as a, uh, as a comedian, you're probably always looking for material uh-huh. uh, uh, and your, your radar is probably always up. The, the, the one thing from, it was one, one of your standups uh, that was on HBO, I think, where you, I, I know that Stephanie used to kind of provide you with some material, <laughs> Oh yeah. but now that you have kids, because I have kids and I'm like, oh my God, if I was a stand-up, you know, comedian, this is gold. I mean, do they just provide you with endless material? Well, yeah, I always tell people um, uh, that I live in a house full of writers. I mean, between Stephanie and Max and Finn, uh, that's, and now my father-in-law lives with us. So there's a full house aside from finding my own material. Um, it, it's really, really coming from the writers in my house that just hand me this, yeah. this material left and right. And while I'm out of town, Stephanie calls and just tells me just, just nonstop thing. You know how it is with kids, just nonstop things that, that, kids yeah. say is uh, is fluff still alive still oh yeah family? fluff is still alive and in the pandemic we decided it would be a good idea to adopt two more cats so wow. we have three cats and fluff i think was not thrilled at first um but uh she's she's reluctantly joining the the street gang in our house we call it we call our place kitty city now Gotcha. What about uh, what about Pam? Pam, you know the one with the whole Taylor Dane thing. <laughs> is, is Pam is Pam plant based? Have you helped her out at all? Pam is so far from being plant based. Okay. Um, well, she's probably one of the furthest of friends that I have from being plant based. Um, I'm still friends with Pam. I haven't seen her in a while, probably a couple of years. Um, but yeah. she happened to be always with me when yeah. Taylor Dane appeared. <laughs> Would you say that most of your friends and family um, are supportive of this change? Absolutely. Um, I remember my stepfather who's very, um, you know, he's an attorney and he was in the military and he's just a particular way um, with everything. And he, uh, when I started talking to him about the power of, of food, of uh, plant-based food, he heard and and he uh, was open to it, and he was glad to see that I was having um, success. And and then he went home after he visited us, and then he called me or came back in town the next time, and he said um, that he had done a lot of reading and researching, and he has to say that he one hundred percent believes in that diet. Not that he sticks by it or eats it a hundred percent. But, uh, I have a, um, a frozen food service, um, mailed to him every month. Uh, right. and so he eats, I would say half of his meals are plant-based now because of that. Great. Tig, this has been a fantastic hour. I really, 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 really appreciate it. And I, I even ask you how you got your name because I wanted to tell you how I got my name, but that'll have to wait for another time. My brother made it up. Okay. Okay. There you go. Um, um, so can I get you to say if you're comfortable with it? I'm Tig and I'm plant strong. I'm Tig and I'm plant strong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Peace engine two. Keep it plant strong, Tig. <sighs>
Thank you so much you. for having me on. Thank you, Tig, for making the time for the Plan Strong podcast in between filming for the upcoming season of Star Trek. She has so many projects going on, including the new films Army of the Dead and Together Together. You can listen to her two weekly podcasts, Don't Ask Tig and True Story with Tig and Cheryl, where they give their hilarious spin on documentaries. In fact, I really need to have her back on to ask her thoughts on Forks Over Knives or The Game Changers or Cowspiracy or Seaspiracy. Um, that would be a lot of fun. Um, and hopefully, you'll be able to catch her on the road again very soon doing her, her stand-up, which she absolutely loves and adores. We dig Tig because, once again, she isn't afraid to stand on her various platforms and be brave enough to talk about how plant-based eating has changed her family's life for the better. So thank you, Tig, and thank you, listener, for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Plan Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. Have you had your own Galileo moment that you'd like to share? What happened when you stepped into the arena and shed the beliefs that you thought to be true? I'd love to hear about it. Visit plantstrongpodcast.com to submit your story and to learn more about today's guests and sponsors. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn, Jr., and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.